This is the Squared Ham Podcast. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the host and guests and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with in their professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions expressed are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, fraternity, business, company, or a specific individual. Now, on to the show. Morning, morning time. I am Mike Schaefer, and welcome to The Squared Ham. It is Saturday, December 19th, 2020. This is episode 23, Walmart USSR. Welcome back to the Squared Ham Podcast. I don't know about you, but it has been quite busy around my household lately. The smalls were finally going back to school full time, but that recently shut down again and they are back to virtual learning only. They currently are on Christmas break, thankfully. Man, it seemed as if they were always on the computers working late into the night. Poor kids were trying to complete the ridiculous amount of homework the teachers were assigning. It pains me to call them teachers that, actually. Many of them just, well, they quite honestly suck. They had the kids log into virtual sessions early in the morning, only to find the teacher themselves not logging in. Then... Hours later, the teacher posts an online assignment that equates to reading what was supposed to be covered during the online class, and then they assign additional homework. Seriously, the kids are supposed to be in school for X number of hours a day. You pissed away their morning, and now you're giving them that and the homework, and you expect them to get all that done in the few remaining hours of the school day? These poor kids are working late into the night trying to get their assignments in. Why? Because the teachers will give them lates if they don't get it in by the deadline that the teacher never pushed back. Poor excuse for a teacher, if you ask me. December. It sure has been busy for me. I've been busy prepping for my lodge's December meeting. In December, we traditionally hold elections for the ensuing year, and this is a special night for all involved. The men will get dressed in their best suits, wives, girlfriends, family, friends, all are invited to this this event. Before the meeting, we often have a special meal, and this year certainly was no different, with one exception. The lady who historically did the cooking for us, well, her health is failing her, and she's just not physically able to prepare the whole meal. No worries, I volunteered to assist. Haha. <laughs> You know what they say, open mouth, insert foot, right? Well, on top of that, as the outgoing Worshipful Master, it was my duty to plan the evening's program, to coordinate all the installing officers, the marshals, other VPs that were going to be in attendance that evening. I started to cook the day before to avoid some of the last-minute rush. You know, the rush that always happens the day of. That guy that shows up, you know the guy, Murphy, right? Murphy's Law. He'll show up and screw something up. So I wanted to cook the day before to to alleviate some of that. And that was a success. Thank goodness I did. One item I was making, I didn't like the taste of it. So I had to start over and thankfully was able to do that for because I started cooking the day before. The day of, I went over to the lodge early in the morning. 
I mowed the lawn. I edged, I trimmed, I blew off the sidewalk. Later that afternoon, I took the food over to the lodge to begin heating it up so it'd be hot in time for dinner. While the food was warming, I vacuumed the floor, dusted the furniture. And as I was setting up the dinner tables, another brother arrived and assisted. Man, let me tell you, I was certainly thankful for his assistance as I was beginning to tire a bit, honestly. The meal went off great. Everything was well received and we had more food than we needed. A great problem to have. You never want to run out. The men then went upstairs. We opened the lodge and held our elections. The brethren once again elected me to serve as the worshipful master for the ensuing year. I was happy to accept, as this past year, 2020, proved to be a dud of a year. And many of the things I wanted to do as worshipful master, I just wasn't permitted to do because of the COVID restrictions. We then brought the ladies and guests and other family members upstairs to the lodge room to view the installation. It was a nice ceremony, with each officer sharing the spotlight. After the installation of the officers, I had the pleasure of presenting a brother with his 25-year apron. And I also had the pleasure of presenting two of our ladies with appreciation trophies. It was a great evening. Fortunately, everything went off without a hitch, and I credit that to the amount of planning that went into everything. I went to bed that night on an emotional high. But that jerk Murphy and his law that if something could go wrong, it will. Well, I awoke the next day to Murphy knocking on my door. Well, it wasn't really a knock on my door, but rather, let's just call it an unpleasant text message. Now, I'm a soldier. I make rules. I follow rules. And at my rank, in particular, I enforce rules. Due to COVID, our duty location has a commanding general, a two-star no less. It is his policy that anyone traveling outside of 250 miles will automatically be quarantined or, as they like to call it, restrictive movement for two weeks upon their return. Likewise, if that individual knowingly comes in contact with anyone from outside the 250-mile radius, they too must be restrictive movement for two weeks. Now, one of my subordinates, not a young private, but a senior NCO, told his spouse that he would not be able to travel to another state for the holidays due to the COVID policy. Apparently, his answer wasn't good enough for her, as she took it upon herself to text me, asking me to allow her husband to take leave. Now I paused for effect. I wanted that to sink in to you, the listener. A soldier's wife, a senior NCO's wife, called her husband's boss, me, and asked me to do her husband a favor. Are you kidding me? Who does this? How would you feel if your spouse called your boss? In any career, not just the military, but any career. You know, is that right? Who does this? If he was a private I'd have him out picking up cigarette butts during Christmas break, on Christmas Day. If my wife did that to me, now she never would, but let's just say she did. You know, I think I'd need bail money. I would lose my ever-loving mind. Well, I looked at the text and I sat on it for about an hour or two. 
never responded to his wife. Rule number one, never, ever, ever talk one-on-one with another man's wife. Rule number two, deal with a soldier and only the soldier. So after rehearsing the conversation in my head, probably a hundred different ways, I finally called the soldier and explained to him that it was emasculating to him and disrespectful to me to receive a text from his wife. I explained that he needed to put that crap in check quick and that I never, ever want to see anything remotely resembling that again. He apologized over and over and assured me he would handle it. Honestly, a few days later, I still haven't heard anything, so I'm assuming he did. Okay, so now my morning was crap, and that day remained pretty crappy. Later that day, I decided to go to Walmart to pick up a few things for dinner. Even though it's Christmas, even though Walmart knows the stores are going to be busy due to the holiday shopping, they still only have two cashiers, right? Two cashiers working the registers. The self-checkout was open, and that's what I ultimately used. While I was using self-checkout, two other employees were standing in the middle of the self-checkout section watching all of us like hawks. They were just eyeballing every move we had around the machine. You know, if anyone had a problem, though, they did come over to assist. But they were just staring at us, you know, burning holes in the back of our heads with their eyes. And... I completed ringing up my items and successfully paid for my items without assistance. Yay me, you know, I should get a raise, right? Upon trying to exit the store, I was blocked by another employee who demanded to see my receipt as if I was a common thief. Seriously, you just saw me walk out of the checkout lanes where you have two other employees watching my every move and you want to see my receipt? And I wasn't feeling it. I didn't want to have any kind of conflict with her, so I gave her my receipt. And while she was checking my receipt, an elderly woman pushed her cart right by and was never checked. Neither was another nicely dressed couple. But the young couple that was directly behind me, she wanted to receive their receipt as well. Now this made me angry. Why are they checking only certain receipts? Are they racially profiling? Are they socioeconomically profiling? Are they using random counts? I mean, what are they doing here? Is it just whoever they can catch? Or, or is it, you know, or are they supposed to check everyone? And it bothered me, so I decided to research the topic a little bit, and uh, here's what I found. Here's an official statement from a Walmart spokesman. Our intent is to check every receipt. Ultimately, this policy is to help prevent theft which helped keep inventory high and prices low, thus keeping customers happy. Now, isn't that some political BS if you ever heard it? But the first problem I see with this, and I've witnessed it with my own two eyes in that very situation, is they, in fact, are not stopping everybody. In fact, out of the four, they only stopped two of us, so that's half. They're only at 50%, not 100%, like their intent. So unlike Sam's Club or Costco or any of those places where, if you don't know it, when you sign that contract, there's often a clause in there about having your receipt and your contents checked. Walmart itself, though, requires nothing signed to shop there. Nor do they have anything obviously posted stating so as you enter the store. Many states have laws regarding shoplifting. However, and this is a big however... 
the store must have reasonable suspicion or probable cause before detaining you. Blocking me at the door and demanding to see my receipt is an illegal detainment. What is your probable cause or reasonable suspicion for wanting to see my receipt? Oh, I'm refusing to show it to you, so now I'm suspicious? Yeah, I don't think so. You have to have that before you stop me. Let's think about this. While shopping, the products in the cart belong to the store. The cart itself is theirs. Once you ring those items up, though, there is an exchange that takes place. In this case, it's a monetary amount is given from you to the store to register. My wallet is lighter. Okay? When I use my debit card or cash, I have given something to the store in return for those items. That register then gives me a receipt for those items. At that very moment, that very, very moment, those items are yours. That receipt is yours. The store has no rights to them whatsoever. I'm sick and tired of my rights being violated, aren't you? I've decided the next time I go to Walmart, I'm going to have an experiment. I'm not going to show my receipt. In order for this experiment to work, I only I need to buy a few items. It can't be a whole lot. It's just got to be a few. And I'm going to pay for them. And they're going to be in bags. And I'm going to push my cart over to the shopping cart return so that when I attempt to exit the store, I am only going to have the bags full of the items and receipt of what I have. That way, I don't have a cart. Remember, the cart is theirs. So anything in my possession, the bags, the products in the bags, and the receipt are mine. I've paid for them. And when they ask to see my receipt, I'm going to kindly refuse. Who knows? Maybe they'll just let me walk out. Maybe they'll try to detain me. Hell, I might even get arrested. You know, at this point, I don't care. I'm tired of it, and I want to challenge their BS policies. You know, thinking of this, I can only imagine how that conversation will go. Maybe, maybe something like this. May I please see your receipt? No, thank you. It's mine. But sir, I need to see your receipt. Why? Do you suspect me of stealing something? Well, uh, uh, no, sir. I, I just need to see it. Well, I'm sorry. I don't want to show it to you. It's my receipt. Am I free to go? Or are you detaining me? But, 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 I need to see it. Okay, here's the deal. This is mine. If you wish to hold something that belongs to me, let's make a deal. I'll rent it to you. You can look at my receipt at a simple rate of $1 a minute. Give me a dollar, and I'll show you my receipt. I don't know. Maybe they'll call the manager. Maybe they'll concede. Maybe they'll call the cops. Or, you know, they might just let me walk out. I don't know. Who knows? I'm probably going to get arrested. Now, wouldn't that be the proper way to end 2020, though? What do you think? Are our rights being violated by Walmart? Are you up for trying this little experiment with me? Think about it. That's the show for today. I'd love to hear from you and hear what your thoughts and comments are on today's show. Or if there's a topic that I've not covered and you would like me to, please let me know. Remember to visit our website, thesquaredham.com. Comments can be emailed to thesquaredham at gmail.com. Again, that's thesquaredham at gmail.com. 
Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, you can spend your time searching for light, or you can become the light.